It's like Kenny Rogers told us, no one to hold them, no one to fold them, no one to walk away, no one to run. That's it. That's awesome. We're a tiny house bar with filmmaker Tony Bonacci, the headliner film coming to the Omaha Film Festival. So what's your take on the Omaha film scene right now? What needs improvement? What do you think is um, great? I know we have the supportive locations, Omaha which is a big advantage. Scene. Let's see. The Omaha film scene. I don't know. It's so hard to say. Because yeah. there's. I was trying to think, do we have everything we would need? There's crew. There's people yeah. that can do stuff. There's not many people doing producing. Yeah. Yeah. I produced my movie myself. And that was a pain. I'll never yeah. produce another movie ever again. That's what I keep saying. Yeah. Oh, I do want to direct. For me, sometimes it's hard to enjoy a film when I'm thinking of all the work that yeah. went into what it took to make it. And there yeah. were times I was like, oh, but that was hard to, to get. It, it's cool, and I am proud that I shot it myself. Yeah. I produced and directed it. So it was like the hardest thing ever, but I'm also proud because it was my first one. So I was, It I, was your first feature. I thought it was. And but. so it's like a, kind of a selfish pride thing where it's, oh, I can say that like I can do it. Yeah. I don't have to. I'm not like, I'm directing, and right. everybody else is doing everything else. Yeah. And so it's nice to be able to prove oh i can do it like i don't need yep. not that i don't need somebody else i would actually love a producer yeah. and like a good cinematographer but it's one of those I'm things too where busy. Yeah. I, need to, I can't do it it, it is nice I know to what know. it takes yeah it's nice to prove a little bit like oh yeah, yeah see I, i'm not just saying i'm a director oh, like no. i'm actually doing this but it's even harder with a completed film where it's you did it yeah that you have it it exists yeah and it's not i will say i'm hard on myself i always say it's not like the best movie in the world well, but i do like it now. Yeah. But what do you take now, looking at it from the perspective of beginning the promotional side? Do you, when you watch the film now, do you see a different film than when you finished the cut that you thought was final cut? Or Not really. Yeah. I think I'm going to need like a year <laughs> yeah. separation. Right. Like Honestly, to be able to watch it objectively, I truly believe I'm going to have to not see it yeah. for about a year or two and then watch it, which right. I don't even know if I can do. Because I feel like yeah. I go, the longest I've gone is I think I've gone about five months without watching it or four months or right. something like that. So, interesting yeah just because i'm like oh i should review that again because i'm gonna have to talk about it and i just want to yeah just to keep myself fresh on and everything yeah. is there any particular yeah. part that you just really feel you nailed even if it's just a transitional or a, a shot what's what are you just from a director like what I, really turns you on when you watch it i am really proud of the shots like yeah. i yeah no, like be. i yeah i'm proud of that as far as like the execution of everything the only thing that I wish that I would have had more time to do because I was producing as we were shooting wow. is bigger crowds. Yeah, so yeah. Like it's, we did get lucky with a lot of people coming out. There were times like when we came here, even the small amount of people that were at Tiny House, I was like, oh man, I was expecting like five people. Yeah. And then there was like 15 or 20 right. or something like that. And it was like, man, that's a nice surprise. So I kept being surprised by people that would come out out of the blue to come be part of it. And that yeah. made me happy. But that was one of the main things where I was like, man, I wish I had the time to put more in to that trying yeah. to get beefier crowds and stuff like that what it struck me was i think you created the atmosphere of creativity mm -hmm. whether it goes nowhere and just two guys joking around yeah. or the kind of ball breaking mm -hmm. club manager booker yeah and a ton of that is christine of course because yeah. like she wrote that she wrote all that stuff and she did an awesome job at putting that world together and everything That's and then a fine line like on er doctors will yeah. be with them and then 
it's okay. No, I don't. That average person. And then the actors, even though it's pretty true to the screenplay, the actors have the freedom to like if they wanted to say something that felt more real to them, they were able to do that. So yeah. Yeah, and then so. going back, you grew up here. Yeah, went to yep, Central. I up, yep, I grew and, up in Omaha. And yep. then you were always interested in film. How did the spark begin and your love of filmmaking? So I went to the OPS Career Center for video production, and my interest in being a filmmaker started when I first saw Kids accidentally, oh, the movie wow. Kids. So yep. I was like a young teenager. <laughs> you or, saw that here in Omaha? Yeah, <laughs> yeah so on HBO. Oh, <laughs> so right. it was like, like on like, was at, like Dundee? Yeah. two a.m. Right. Like I was at my grandma's house in the basement, and Very I was like, controversial what? at yeah. the time. I was like, what is this? What is this movie? And I I was so young, I didn't know. I was like, is this real? That's how I was with Police Academy. (laughs) I was like, this is wonderful. (laughs) So that got me started in being into film. And then I... I, start, I was doing some shorts and stuff at OPS Career Center, and then a friend introduced me to Nick Fackler. Yeah. Have you talked to him yet? Not yet. But you know, he's on the is. list. Like yeah. he, yep. So we started together with short films. Right. And I was doing cinematography for a lot of the stuff he was doing, like the shorts and everything. And then he went on to make his huge movie, Lovely Still. Yeah. And I had gone in a different direction of doing band photography. Right. So we went our own ways at that time. But then I went back to film. You after. were doing music videos too, right? Yeah, yeah. I still do music right. videos. I, I just did cinematography photography for a cursive music yeah. video for an LA director that came to town and nice. did it and stuff. It was it was a small video. It wasn't like a huge crew or anything. It was still fun to work with somebody that came in from out of town and everything. So. Yeah. So yeah, like I'll still sometimes do cinematography for other things. Yeah. And then what's on the horizon creatively? Do you book the next couple months to really devote to this? Are yeah. you in development on the next project? Are you just taking it, a breather and yeah, everything? It's, or? it's pretty much focusing on promoting this yeah, sure. and then figuring out how I can direct another movie that I don't have to put together. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. And also, obviously, I'm going to be picky. So it's not just going to be like, yeah, I'm going to direct any movie that comes. Obviously, I want to be paid. I want it to be a good movie. So that's going to be hard. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot yeah. of factors that go into it. And yeah. again, the cinematography expertise really mm-hmm. shows. And I know that's Thanks. not an easy thing to do. And it's very beautifully shot. Thank you. Um, how have you improved working with actors over your career? Oh, man. And how do you work with working actors? with actors? It's not insanely hands-on and involved. I'm not getting in there and getting all serious saying, what I need you to feel is... <laughs> I'm not like that. I feel like I cast people that I trust to yeah. be able to do it. And then if there's something I don't like, which is rare, I would maybe tweak it a little bit with them and say, oh, can you try it this way or like whatever. But I, yeah, I just like trust that the people I choose are going to do what I'm knowing that they can do, which is what happened on the movie. Yeah. There was only a few times where maybe we tweaked a little thing here and there. But other than that, it's mainly just knowing that the people I chose know what they're doing. Yeah. How, so nothing do you, too crazy. When yeah. you're doing you do the producing and are you budgeting in the amount of takes that you'd ideally like to do or that you think you'll need to do? Or is it just, I got this amount of money and this amount of time and what yeah. happens happens? It's mainly Mainly like a scheduling thing. Yeah, I yeah. try to stick to 10-hour days. I try okay. not to go over it because a lot of people will be pushy and they'll do. And that's what's funny is coming from the production world, I know myself that I don't want to do more than a 10-hour well, day. Yeah. So I try to be respectful of that's crew. That's a 20-hour day. A 10-hour day <laughs> is a 20-hour day yeah. when you're producing too and on something like that. Yeah, so like there's that. insane hours that can be. And a lot of people will push features and try to do 14-hour days every day. And it's yeah. like, what are you doing? So I just try to stick to that. Even with only shooting 12 days. We did 12 principal photography days and then five pickup shoot days, which are like a half day here, half day there, doing it around town, whatever it is, which is honestly... It's a bummer to have to do that. So that was another thing I learned is try to just get it in there. Like just try to schedule it. 
like pickup shoot days are the pants. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. In Hollywood, that's the last thing they want to hear is the yeah. pickup days. They don't consider that until they absolutely yeah. have to. <laughs> exactly. What's the key to working with bands and musicians and connecting with them creatively? That's something you've been successful at, even oh, just yeah. photography. How do you connect? That was mainly just as being a fan and a friend. Yeah. Like just, I've been into indie rock for like forever since I was a kid. And so it was a matter of I would always go to shows. I would always, so then I just became friends with different people and started small and just, and it's like a thing where in a scene where if somebody knows you, then like they might recommend you to their, to the, another person that kind of has seen you around. Yeah. And then there's just that good rapport of, oh yeah, that's Tony. We know him and we trust him and whatever. So right. it's a cool thing to finally build. And yeah. So do you have anything in mind when they send you that they want to work with you? Are you basing it off their album promotional stuff? Are it you totally, basing it off their personality as you know them? How do you decide where to start? It totally depends. So yeah. some people have an idea. Some people don't really care about an in-depth idea. They just want to have a location and they're like, oh yeah, we want to shoot there. Yeah. And then I can bring a little bit of something to it once we're there. Yeah, but it just depends because like sometimes I've gotten super involved with like concept or the creative part of it but sometimes it's just as simple as yep we're gonna stand together in this location because right. a lot of times you're never gonna control especially a band people wouldn't believe how people in bands are so picky about the way they look yeah. a lot of times not everybody but a lot of people they know what face they want to make they know what they're what stance they want to do there's no way as a photographer i'm gonna make them look a certain way yeah so it's letting them do their own thing and then maybe being like okay scoot out a little bit scooting like yeah moving them a little for the composition but as far as their look or their vibe i think it's more of a matter of yeah if they feel comfortable then of course they're going to come across more natural yeah, yeah. and I, i've always told people and the thing i learned i'm like you'd be amazed at how image conscious bands are yeah. of just even the physical look the clothes yeah. which I mean they have to be we don't think about it maybe as fans or it yeah. seems kind of but they're really tuned into the more than even actors in yeah. some respect it's it's funny because being aware of all that I'm always open for almost anything so yeah. for instance I recently did a shoot with Omaha Magazine yeah. and Bill I'm friends with Bill Sitzman so he was doing the photo and he was like what if you're on a mechanical bull wearing a tuxedo I don't know if you saw that photo <laughs> yeah. by chance but I was like yeah I'm down I'm always up for anything silly and I wish bands were like that too. Right. Yeah, because they're so image conscious, and I know exactly. that. Yeah, but and yeah. it makes sense too. I've told you never see a band where there's one guy who's totally on a different style trip. I yeah. mean, if you look at all four or five, exactly. they match. There's no, a philosophy to it. No, that's funny you it. mentioned that because I've thought of that. Yeah, where everybody looks like cool or they have a cool style, and then there's the one guy with a frumpy look or <laughs> yeah. something, like still He's wearing first like super out. baggy. Yeah, pants. yeah. <laughs> so how has that adaptability yeah. translated to directing film? Are you more into improv if they're if it's there if the actors are able to carry it through are you more conservative maybe because of that experience as far as not really that much improv like yeah. I have to stick to the screenplay just for time's sake sure. and just, just so that there's a cohesive product that's you know it's going to work because it's part of the screenplay yeah. like you don't want anybody going too crazy on improv unless well, right. it's like somehow amazing but yeah yeah and weeks later in the edit room you're like what the hell was that <laughs> yeah. connecting to that yeah. made sense at the time yeah exactly I don't know if I bring the same vibe for directing or not like, yeah yeah and it's hard to examine your own style i know as even yeah, you've just is. every project you evolve and you yeah. change and you have different although i will say with doing the cinematography i didn't do any hardcore planning so and i i felt better about better about this later 
I'll explain it. So I didn't do any storyboards. Wow. I didn't do any look boards. Or wait, what that, do they call that? Like a style look thing or, or like a look yeah. book. Yeah, I didn't do anything like that. Wow. Because in my mind, I was like, okay, I've shot plenty of stuff. Yeah. I, I want it to be my own style. Story I brain I don't want there. to try to... I know that sounds almost pretentious, but yeah. I was like, I don't want to lay out looks of other people's cinematography. Right. I just want to do it. And just whatever happens, happens because it's my natural way of doing it. Yeah. Which obviously is inspired by other people's films and stuff like that too, but subconsciously. I would always make shot lists instead of storyboards. So I had shot lists hmm. every single day, like ready to go so that the camera assistants and everybody knew what we were doing wow. and everybody knew. Interesting. But it was a thing where... I felt bad. I was like, am I like procrastinating and being half-assed by just doing shotless? But then later I heard, I was listening to Steven Spielberg and like <laughs> Martin Scorsese and they both were saying they don't even do storyboards. They were saying like they do shotless and they know what they need, but also they find the shot on set. A lot of big directors don't even do storyboards. So. The Spielberg's got some sequence document, I believe, oh, okay. that, that I've heard a little of. Yeah. very secretive, but yeah, he breaks it into it needs to have seven sequences. Oh, okay. and that's, that's Cool. That's the yeah. film. But how did you get into the cinematography side? And so how, how do you learn that? That was from, uh, I started when I was younger. Like I said, I shot the stuff with Nick Fackler right. when we were younger. And yeah. then I just kept doing music videos and short films and stuff like that. And I've done stuff for a few other people. But that was just all started from when I was went to the Career Center as a kid, wow. like in high school. So then it was just a matter of learning. And I was a production assistant in Omaha on like commercials and a bunch of like video production. And so I would learn slowly over time about all the nicer equipment and the lighting. So it's cool because, yeah, I was able to learn like a ton over the years, like over the past 15 years working. So. What's the biggest mistake you made in that time that had the biggest payoff for when you got to sit in the chair and direct your own film? Biggest mistake. Like as far as I'm trying to think of just like... Just at in a lower level position, maybe it's something you screwed <laughs> up, just... Flat out, and maybe you never did, or, well, or something you saw, maybe someone else do that when you became a director. That's one of those touchstone, keep bedrock philosophical things. This could be kind of like that, and this might be another thing that comes across as not arrogant necessarily, but it was. I it's want basic, Tony. It's basically Come on. not to listen to other people. Yeah, that's right. what's weird is you need to know when to listen to people, or if you know that they know what they're talking about. Yeah. But there's been plenty of projects where somebody would tell me something to do or tell me what to do, where I felt weird about it, like. My my gut reaction was like not to listen to what they were saying, but I would do it and it would be like a technical thing or just whatever. And they'd be like, no, you have to do it this way. And so I would do it and I, I would like later, it would be a disaster or be messed up. And I was like, see, I need to stop listening to these people. So it's such a subjective <laughs> thing. I was yeah. blessed once to be in a major studio, one of those where they had comics pitching in on a table read. Yeah. And I saw a prominent very prominent person in film give terrible advice oh, to a man. young filmmaker. <laughs> and I was like, man, I get why he's, it's hard to, and it ruined the guy's film. Oh, and I'm just like, you oh just God. never know. Yeah. You, and he ended up later telling me, you know what it was? And I go, dude, it's hard to say, because who am I? Yeah. And other people thought that about it. I go, well, he gave a bad note. And you'd <laughs> be foolish not oh to have gosh. taken it. But yeah. that's like life to some well, extent. Uh, a great on, person might have a bad idea. Yeah. And, and they might have to not listen to and them. on that point i feel like i can read people really well and a lot of people that are more prominent or whatever 
and I get this, but somebody smaller will ask for advice or ask whatever. And you can, it always feels like they're just taking the easy way out of, oh, I'm going to say this quick thing just to get them off my back. And yeah. that's it, which I get. I, I get that right. it would maybe be annoying to have people constantly asking you things. But it is a thing that I've noticed with some different people I've talked to is that they say some quick thing that might sound nice and maybe semi-inspirational, but it's empty. Yeah. Some of the professionals I've talked to, and I won't even be asking for some big advice or thing, but it sounds like they, they have some nice little quick spiel that's not that great. They've it's given like, it 500 times yeah, and exactly. yeah. pertains to the thing they're still mad about on some <laughs> film six decades, you know, and it's, and I'm not trying to discount everybody. Yeah, the thing I tell people is Michael Jordan was the greatest basketball player of all time. He hasn't done that well in the front office. Yeah. It's got to be hard <laughs> for people to be like, I can't tell Michael Jordan he's wrong on this, <laughs> but sometimes he is. Yeah. Well, everybody is. Yeah. You cool. really have to know. So yeah, I guess I'll throw it to you for any final thoughts. I think that as far as the movie, we covered it and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, hopefully the movie does something. Hopefully it'll be streaming someday. Yeah. Someday soon. <laughs> For sure. But yeah, the premiere is Omaha Film Festival, March 2nd at 5.30. We do have an Instagram and a Facebook page for the headliner movie. Tony Bonacci enjoyed the conversation. Congrats again. The film, the headliner, really enjoyed it.